0: Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Bruce Springsteen on music and the movies. Hey, guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, I can't believe I said it either. Bruce Springsteen is the guest on today's edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. And almost as historically, we have a returning champion.
1: Oh, baby. Okay, that's Sammy.
0: <laughs> if you haven't listened to the podcast in a while, then nothing's changed. But if you haven't listened Sammy, Sammy's, <laughs> Sammy's still alive, <laughs> despite all your conspiracy theories that I murdered her. Um, yeah, so if you if you listen to Happy Second Fuse from, for a long time, you know Sammy, of course, from the intros. Mm. So thrilled that our schedules collided today. And for a historic episode of Happy Second Fuse, Sammy.
1: It fe- This feels right. This feels, I, I feel honored. I, I'm excited. I am I like could, nervous. I
0: wish I could dig up the, I couldn't dig up the text, I guess, like when I sent you a photo of me and Springsteen, you seemed like, it wasn't happiness for me. It was, it was rage. I, I think. was
1: furious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because usually like I'll, you'll give me a heads up if it's someone. And it's like, we've talked about this before. I am a huge, like my whole childhood. I mean, like most People in America. Yeah, is
0: you're a human being
1: defined by Bruce Springsteen and his music. So when I just and and first of all, just you all know Josh's happy, sad, confused photos. The first one, the first photo Josh sent me was the confused one of right. him and Springsteen. So I was like, "Did you hurt him? <laughs> like,
0: what?" Did I mean, the jury's out. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know.
1: So there was no context. Just this photo of Josh making the. Ugliest, worst face I've ever seen. That's just my
0: natural face. And
1: Bruce looking upset, and I, and I was furious. Okay, so (laughs) I thought you hurt him.
0: I didn't hurt him, as far as I know. He didn't hurt me. There's actually a whole bunch of context to this that that I need to give.
1: what, what what
0: happened? Okay, so here's the story. So about a week and a half ago. Uh, I got an email from uh, some folks at Warner Brothers that are putting out Bruce Springsteen's new film called Western Stars, which is of course the name of also his new album. So this is a new concert film. It's kind of half concert film, half Bruce, you know, extemporaneously. I guess not extemporaneously. It's scripted, but talking about life and the themes of the of the of the album. Um, he co-directed he wears a cowboy the film. hat he, I saw <laughs> in the trailer. He shot these kind of interstitial moments in mm-hmm. Joshua Tree, um, and it's uh, honestly a beautiful movie. The music's amazing, of course. Um, anyway, Warner Brothers was like, "So we know you don't normally do this kind of thing, but here here's an opportunity for you. Take it or leave it." And I almost passed on it because I haven't what done. What an idiot! I know. Jesus! I know it's kind of crazy but I just haven't done this kind of thing you in a long time you shouldn't admit that well no I want to be transparent about this so for those that don't know there are these things like that journalists do often called roundtable interviews so this is often for print where a bunch of journalists, um, sit literally at, at a table with the, the subject and they toss questions at them and each outlet kind of makes a different article out of the conversation. I mean, I did this way back when, when I was doing print interviews and, but I, I honestly haven't done this in a long time because of the nature of what I do now. Now this is Bruce Springsteen yeah, and he's not doing a lot of interviews and they were like, look, here's what's happening. We're going to send five, uh, Journalists. it's funny to even call myself that, but whatever I am. <laughs> Five, p- Five, four human. journalists and you <laughs> yeah. to Bruce's house, home studio in Jersey. Oh my God. Um, they knew I was a big Bruce fan cause I've told them they, they put out blinded by the light earlier this year, the big, um, Springsteen inspired film. Um, and they invited me and four other journalists and said, look, you can have 30 minutes with Bruce. This is a rare opportunity to say the least. And, you know do you want it and i and i did Hall for a second and then i was like I, if i I can't pass this up. You
1: smacked yourself in the face in the mirror to Josh. Right. Yes. You so, have
0: to do this. So what you're going to hear today is an unusual uh, uh, format for the podcast because it's not my exclusive interview at all. You're going to hear other voices on it. Thankfully, there are four other people I definitely respect and like. Um, you're going to hear uh, Kate Erbland from IndieWire. You're going to hear Mike Ryan from UpRocks. You're going to hear Eric Davis from Fandango. And you're, you're going to hear Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend. So we all basically... Got in a, a van.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, this is what I would paint the picture.
0: We get in a van
1: in New York City. In New York start. City.
0: Okay, it's just us and the driver. Uh, like five <laughs> freaked out. We're all we're all movie people, but we're also crazy Springsteen well, you're people. also people right. we're also people at to varying degrees big Springsteen fans um and, and but, you
1: don't listen to music so f- l- the fact that you do listen
0: to Bruce Springsteen says a lot no truly like growing yeah. up probably the only like I mean I was like very much it was like Springsteen and my brother my older brother really is like one of those like crazy Springsteen fans like mm-hmm. lives and dies by him and I'm I, I consider myself a big fan but not in his league another reason why I couldn't say no to this, like just my brother would like kill me yeah, if I said no. Just to piss him off. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I've probably seen him in concert probably between five and 10 times, which for me. Between is it's,
1: five and 10. Yeah, which wow. is a lot
0: for me. I don't, All over I the don't globe go, too. I did. I went, my, my 40th birthday, I, I, was, I was in Dublin, saw him perform there. Um, I saw him open, before I worked at MTV, I saw him open up the VMAs at, oh. the, at uh, the planetarium. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we get in the van about an hour and a half hour an hour and a half to his place uh in jersey which is like he has a farm where he lives and records and as you might imagine it's a nice place
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's got a cute little place in jersey (laughs) cute
0: little place and um we were all freaking out in the van ride over and we get there we get a little tour like a very impromptu tour by like one of his like his he didn't have a lot of people there, but like one of his people was like, "Do you want to see the studio?" We're all like, "Yeah." So they show us like.
1: But they put like bags over your head so you can't see <laughs> anything else in the house. <laughs> no. They just go directly into no, the studio. It was
0: pretty lax, I have to say. Like we looked at the studio and it was it was like you know dozens of his guitars, uh-huh. and dozens of of Patty's like tambourines. That's what I wanted like, to know. Like Where every- were
1: Patty's tambourines?
0: It was amazing, and um and then and they're like. They bring us into kind of like a room adjacent to it in this small house. Um, and we were all freaking out, like the group of us, like, okay, who's going to sit where? Who sits next to Bruce? Yeah. I sat right next to him. <laughs> what an I asshole. Was, I was like, fuck it, I'm going. No, it wasn't that. It was, I wasn't competing with him. I think I think the other folks were like, I don't know. Well, oh, no, it wasn't competing because you just you just went and did it. I wanted to. <laughs> there wasn't to, an opportunity to true. compete. I don't think anybody else wanted that. Um but no one else wanted to sit next to Bruce, of course. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're all, everyone's not like you. Some people want a little <laughs> okay. distance.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> he was sat in his lap and just started stroking his I've hair. like, do you
1: have any pets?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce walks in and Bleh. pretty much, but like, quintessential springsteen wardrobe you can look on my instagram by now i put i'll put up the happy second fused photos oh god looks amazing 70 years old and he could kick my ass every which way which is insane. most seven
1: year olds could That's but he true. could
0: do it quicker uh with style and grace <laughs> yeah. and uh the first thing he said he, he was sort of like hey and then he looks over and he points to a table he goes we've got Free bagels.
1: <laughs> so we really. So that's the real voice. He's like, <laughs> yes, he, he
0: bagels. Doesn't, he, he doesn't go and be like, free bagels. Nope. <laughs> oh. um, and we sat down and just, we all had a chat. And the audio, I wasn't intending to use this audio for the podcast, but I've listened back to it. A, the conversation's really fun and interesting for any Springsteen fan. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I didn't record it on the usual equipment, so it's not going to be quite as, as great uh, audio as usual. But it's totally listenable. Two, and um, and I, I and of course wanted to run it by Springsteen's camp, and they were totally cool with running this as a podcast. So that's good. Did Bruce eat a bagel? No one ate ate, ate a bagel. We were all petrified. You didn't
1: get a bagel? I didn't eat a bagel. Did you? Did you get one to go? Like as no. you left, you stuffed <laughs> up your jacket pockets.
0: No, but I will say it was weird. Like we're sitting there, literally on his couch, was like a greetings from Asbury Park pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, yeah, we get it. We're at yeah. Springsteen's place. We get it, Bruce.
1: We get it. You- <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve Van Zandt comes yeah, in at the end. Like, exactly.
0: Yeah. No, but it, uh, the conversation itself is is really fun because because we all and uh, you know I come from like a more of a movies background than music. Certainly, that was our angle into talking about this film and why Bruce is the co-director of it. The first time he's ever co-directed a movie, and also just his his movie influences. We talk about um, John Ford westerns growing up, all the way up to his love and appreciation of. Um, The Irishman, which he's seen, um, and uh, and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood, which I asked him about, primarily because, as you'll hear in the conversation, it actually shares a lot of themes with this new album. Um, So yeah, that's the the big stuff. It was crazy. It was amazing. I loved. I actually kind of appreciate... It was weird. You know, of course, would I have loved to have a one-on-one conversation with him? Yes. But... This was a different sensation for me because I could kind of hang back and when I wasn't like, when I was letting my colleagues ask questions, I could just stare he's, at Bruce Springsteen. He's right there. And just enjoy the like poetry coming out of his mouth. I have mouth. a
1: question. Yeah. Uh, how do you ask Bruce Springsteen for a happy, sad, confused photo? Oh,
0: this is a good question. <laughs> yeah. okay, we'll leave it at this because I don't want to like more people too no, no, much. No,
1: but this is important.
0: So the end of the conversation, I'm very proud of this. I don't, I don't think I've told you this. Um, the conversation ends and Bruce says something to the effect of like, like, should we, com- you know, get a commemorative photo, you know? And, uh, you know, he knows that that would be very meaningful for all of us. Uh, I, of course, being the wise ass, I joke. I'm like, oh, you mean for you? You want a photo with us? Sure. I guess we could do that. <laughs> he laughed. He yeah, said, yeah. yeah, I want it for my bedroom get wall. Get this
1: fucker out of my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Each of us does a one on one, does like a solo photo with him and I'm the last one. Oh boy. And I'm like, do I do it? Do I ask? Oh, boy when am I going to have another opportunity? Just go for it. He's been so nice. Just go for it, Josh. And I said, look, this is going to sound crazy, but I do this thing called Happy, Stay Confused. You can totally say no, of course. And so I quickly just like boarded out. And uh, he literally, his response was basically, get in here, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a begrudging like, oh, we've come this far. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: like, if I do it, will he leave? Pretty much.
0: That was the one way to get me out of his house. So... An Amazing experience. This was, I wouldn't even say a bucket list item because, like, I could never have imagined this uh, opportunity coming. So, very appreciative to Warner Brothers for saying I would be an idiot to pass it up. Yes. And, um, and I think Bruce and I are going to be friends now forever. Clearly. No, no, I don't think that was so. It?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. But you had it. We had it. It was nice while it lasted.
0: So Western Stars is out in theaters right now. I, I do honestly uh, uh, wholeheartedly endorse it. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, the filmmaking's great. and The music is fantastic. And if you're a Springsteen fan, um, there's no excuse. Go see it in a big uh, theater with great sound. Um... That's it. We've, we've talked for a while, Sammy. There's a lot more to cover with you, but I feel like we're going to get you we'll back. We'll
1: get there. We'll get okay? there. Okay? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, good. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy Sad Confused, uh, and enjoy this very rare opportunity, this exclusive-ish chat. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive, except for the four other people that were there. Um, no, but this very special this is opportunity. Crazy. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed as much as I did. They're going to love it. This is the one and only the boss. All right,
2: guys,
0: let's go. So let's talk about <laughs> the <laughs> basics of sort of like how this turned into a film. I mean, at what point did you decide, like, this was the way to treat this album? And had you ever considered for a
2: previous album a treatment like this? Or? Well, usually we make a record and we tour because I'm, not on the, I'm either on the radio for 24 hours on my on our station series <laughs> or I'm usually not on at all anymore. So, you know, you can't depend on radio or the usual... Uh, Outlets for for promotion, and so I go. Well, gee, you know, if I just put the record out, it's going to come out. People going to buy. It's going to disappear. So how do I give the record a longer life? You know. And so I said, well, not going to tour. The only record I put out that I didn't tour on was Nebraska. It was a long time ago. Almost every record of new music I go out and I tour. So, but I know that it's not that kind of record. It's not a band record and. It's a record with a big orchestra and and uh, so I said well I'll I'll make a film of me playing the record start to finish and that'll be my tour you know so uh, we decided we started looking for a place to do that which I was ambivalent about doing initially because it, a, it seems like a lot of work and, uh, and we have our barn over here which is where we did the filming, so we looked, looked. We looked a few other places, a couple other theaters. Decided we'd shoot in the barn. It was just this beautiful space, and then we had to put together the entire orchestra in the band. Thank God, there's a guy named Rob Mathis, who is was the musical director. Put together the entire orchestra. Yeah. So I walked into a rental facility in New York, counted one, two, three, four. Guys, I'd never seen before, played the album from start to finish, <laughs> right? and uh, the next night we came down to the barn, rehearsed it once there, and then we shot it for two days, and that was the whole thing. Uh, so that was the—that's how the performance uh, parts of the picture were, were uh, conceptualized and shot, you know. But the. But the part that really turned it into what I think was a film was when we started to shoot the little films that came come between each song. And that was because I realized that uh, new songs, how do I get people inside of them? How do I give people access to them? I said, well, maybe I'll have some small introductions as to what the inner life of the songs are about and uh, i wrote a script very quickly one night and uh, uh, we started to do some voiceovers and then tom zimney uh, director started to find some images for them and i started to score them a little bit and then we started to look okay we need to shoot a couple more days in out west so we went to Joshua Tree National uh, uh, Park and we shot for a couple of days there. And that became, you know, we came back, edited here. It only took about a week and a half or two weeks and that became the film. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think the car's out front. we are All right. Uh, you know, you're directing this, they co-directing with Tom, but uh, I, I do wonder, and, and I know this has been a while, but, you know, you've been directed by two of the best directors out there, Brian De Palma and, uh, and, and Jonathan Demme. Like, you think back to that all and go, you know, I remember De Palma said this when I was up on stage. Uh, does no, any of that come back or is that... It really years?
2: wasn't anything. Basically, we sort of con- ended up conceptualizing and collaborating completely on the whole thing, so that's where my director's credit comes from. So it's, at the, it's at the the gen- the generosity of Tom Uh And really once we started choosing images and editing we worked right in this little room and it was just a, a, a real collaboration between the two of us and uh uh so that's my i didn't get anywhere near a camera so <laughs> okay <laughs> we were able to speak to Garinda about blinded by the light earlier this year oh that's nice And she
0: was talking about how um you know, that film might have inspired you know the way that they used your music uh
3: did that have any influence in the way you chose certain things and choices in
2: this No, not really. This came up organically. And I loved her film, and, I, and she did such a lovely job with it. And, uh, but this came up just sort of step piece by piece. Like, okay, I have all this performance footage, and I watch some of it. But to just play it cold, top to bottom, it, 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 it's not that it was impersonal, but it... it, it when it's new music, it just it just didn't draw you in enough, draw you into the internal life of the characters and the internal life of each song. So I can't remember the first thing, the first little piece that we shot, but um, I'd been with Danny Clinch, and Danny Clinch brings a movie camera with him. So we're out in Joshua Tree, and he he's just shooting bits and piece, bits and pieces of film as we're shooting for the album album package and so we had a little bit of footage from danny and that's what we started to mess with said gee this is a pretty nice location and it worked with the images of the record and of the the songs and we kind of just went step by step until we ended up with what we had it wasn't it wasn't something that was preconceived it was something that was made up as we went you know so you know they uh the, w, the Warner Brothers logo of getting the film is, is from the Searchers, which is one of your favorite pictures. And I know that it's. it's we can look back uh, and, and see how your music has influenced film over the years. How, do you, how would you say film is, has influenced you as a man? A uh, really a lot. I'd say since... Uh, since I was in my late 20s, I sort of... I'd say up to my mid to late 20s, I was influenced all by pop radio of the 50s, 60s, and 50s and 60s. And then after that, I started to look for other outside sources as a template for how to do my job. And so I started to read, but I really went to films. I really started to watch a lot of films, I'd say. You know, 27, 28, Darkness on the Edge of Town and Forward. You know, I I became a bit of a film buff. And uh, I looked for other artists who were sort of, and the way that they were conceptualizing their work. And so, of course, I ran into John Ford. And I thought it was interesting the way that he kept uh, he, he kept discovering new ways to he worked he was working on certain consistent themes as every picture went by and every picture sort of related to another one in certain ways he had the cast of characters he had the ensemble that he worked with really steadily you know I had my band I, and I had and I was interested in this telling this sort of longer story that where each album would relate to one another in a certain way. So I looked towards, obviously, the first film, I think, I think, Grapes of Wrath had a huge influence on me when I saw it. Just the imagery and the story that I was telling. And of course, The Searchers, all the Westerns, which I'd seen as a kid, but <clears throat> hadn't really absorbed. So The Searchers, and My Garland Clementine, and She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, and Ford a all the great Ford Westerns. Um, you know, Red River, Howard Hawks, and then also the the noir stuff like Out of the Past, Robert, Robert Mitchum, and and uh, uh, that was a huge film for me. And uh, uh, so I, I, and then there were more modern things like the Scorsese pictures, but also I remember at the time I I wrote Nebraska. I'd seen Terence Malick for the first time, <clears throat> and Terrence Malick's films are, what are they? They're meditative, a lot of voiceover, days of heaven, tree of life, you know? And that was always something that really drew me in. But also the guys like uh, Monty Hellman and the the westerns he shot with Jack Nicholson, the the shooting, Riding the Whirlwind. Of course, two lane blacktop, you know. Uh, so all of these things started to resonate and find their way into themes and and soundscapes that I was uh, interested in. The Nebraska album really came from the soundscape of badlands. The Terrence Mountain picture, if you listen, there's the music behind it is fairy tales, you know. So. So, yeah, that's, that's an interesting juxtaposition, you know, the little Glock, Glockenspiel with all this sort of real world violence. It was an interesting uh, combination of elements. So, all of these things, uh, and of course, we're, we're the, the generation of moviegoers, you know? you know. My generation were people who were used to going to the movies. Like I was telling someone the other day, we had a great. Movie theater in the center of Freehold. It had one thing that advertised it: it's cool inside. (laughs) That was it. uh, It didn't have the banner of the movie that was playing. It's it's cool inside. So when it got to be ninety-five degrees in nineteen fifty-seven when you were eight years old or nine years old and no one in town had any air conditioning, (laughs) people went to the movies and they saw whatever was on the screen, you know, every, and and you you didn't, you went to the movies every week. You know, it it was just Saturday movie day. You went down to the movie theater, (laughs) you know, and, uh, uh, you know, initially my mother would take us and, and, uh, it was 35 cents if you, if you were 12, and a dollar once you hit 13. So my mother would just say, tell them you're 12. Tell them you're 12. Get down, squirt, squatch, spook down a little bit and just tell your." And the guy would say, how old are you, son? And I go, 12. <laughs> and feel really shitty about it. <laughs> 12, 14 well it's your you voice has changed
3: 34
2: um. 12 you know so uh, but you saw films every single week and you saw whatever was being played on Saturday and, and Sunday you know in a theater with hundreds and hundreds of other people you know those were this, I mean in in Asbury Park the theaters fit thousands of people and that's what they expected to come to the movies was thousands of people to see a film on a Friday night. And they did. Uh, We uh, showed the film in Toronto where it was about 2,000 people. Yeah, we were up there, yeah. Yeah, I haven't sat in a theater with 2,000 people watching one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, since maybe The Godfather, or mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, or The Exorcist, <laughs> Imagine going to see The Exorcist with two thousand other people.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? So, Princess uh, of Wales, that place is huge—like four balconies, three balconies. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah it was just—it was a lot of fun. You know, and the screen was the size, the size of my side of my barn. You know, mm-hmm. and it was really fun to. See it screened there, so that so the movie going experience was very different. You know, uh, when, when I went down to Freehold, I guess it was probably about I don't know, was there three hundred people there, two hundred fifty? That's the size of the theater, mm-hmm. you know, all the theaters, you know. So uh, everybody watches stuff at home now. Yeah. And well, you know, you have to be. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a regular filmmaker, but I, I got to imagine, particularly if you're doing something that we're using a ratio that's really cinematic. You gotta be prepared for people to be watching it on their computer, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, I think Marty Scorsese shoots the Irishman for years and years, and he's you know, got three weeks in the theater, and then people are, a lot of people are gonna be watching it at home, you know? Can you imagine the sound of your movie on a phone? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it so it? it's kind of a shame, you know, in that in that way. But I, I guess you know people are having there's more people at home, entertainment setups with good sound and big screens. So it's it's transition. We're in, in, in an enormously transitional period in the way that films are 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 shown and viewed. You know, uh, see where it goes. You know,
4: you and Tom did do something for Netflix even though it was the Broadway show, which we went the first night, not even opening night, no. we went the very
3: first night. <laughs> like the, the, the preview. preview. Yeah, really? It preview. Like, preview. Yeah, it was, it, unfortunately, it was right after Tom Petty passed away. There was one you dedicated to Tom Petty oh, right, right, right when you came out, yeah. It was, uh, it, it was like already amazing. Like, It was like, it was, like man, you look like you've been doing it for like years. <laughs> well. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it just, it makes me think that, you know, I, I know you wanted to do this because you weren't gonna tour with the album, and so here's something that the fans can go see and your autobiography is something that any fan can go read. The Broadway show, not everyone can go to Broadway, but everyone can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Are you thinking more about the way that you're putting out your material? You're always very conscious of your fans, but it's just an interesting past few years.
2: Well, a little bit, you know, Is when you include a <laughs> film portion, it just extends the life of, of what you're doing, you know, and, and I have to find new ways to extend the life of the presentation of my, uh, whether it's my music or, or whatever it is I'm, I'm working on, you know, so it, it was, uh, it, it's, it's a huge asset, you know, I'm sure we'll be using it more in the future, you
3: know.
0: I'm curious. We're kind of in an age where, like, music biopics are back in vogue, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to ask you this. I, I spoke to the filmmaker James Mangold a bunch of years ago, and he told me one of the dream projects he wanted to do was to tell your story post Born to Run, where you, when you couldn't record. That's interesting. Is that something that a Have you ever discussed with him, or b Is that intriguing to you at all as a as a portion of your life to portray on the big screen in some mm-hmm.
2: way? Some, somebody came up with a, recently wanted to wanted to. Shoot a picture that went up. Too born to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, see, well, we already have a, a franchise so, going. We get both guys. Doing <laughs> guy we'll have the whole story, you know. But uh, uh, I, I, I haven't dove into that yet. It's kind of something I've I've just held off on, and uh, uh, because so few of them are successful, right. A, finding someone to play yourself is <laughs> <laughs> really weird. The Irishman, and, you Irishman, you de-age yourself. Exactly. You know, and which was terrific, by the way. Yeah. I saw the Irishman. Yeah, yeah, A we've bunch seen, of yeah, yeah. It's great. We've all seen it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, uh, but, um, you, you know, it's it's just been something that's I haven't really yeah. dove into. I don't know if
3: I will. Fair enough. You, you mentioned um, the only other album you didn't tour on was Nebraska. Uh, but then when you did the Born in the USA tour, you incorporated a lot of those songs into the E Street tour. What will, will, will you be hearing like next year? Will, will, do you think you're doing like Tucson Train with, with the band? Because like, I could see that going over really well. It's not well. impossible.
2: You know? uh, I, haven't, I haven't planned to incorporate, because the sound is... But the orchestra is such a different sound. Though you can, you can cover that on stage these days, there's ways you can do it. So uh, I who knows? I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I got a lot of new, I got some new music for the band and we'll see how that turns out and see what turns up. When I watched this film, uh, a lot of it uh, resonated with me with things that was going on in my life and
4: I kind of walked away from the film and I kind of was trying to sum it up Two lines to somebody, and I
2: said it, it felt like a film about letting go of, of mistakes and embracing the love that's all around you. Would you say that's inaccurate? No, that's, takeaway? that's a good that's as good explanation of it as any. You know, uh, um, it's sort of about a just a, like I say, it's it's about a, a trip or a journey that every one has to make. You know, when you're young. You want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Uh, individual freedom means an enormous amount to you. you know. In your early 20s and mid-20s and uh, uh, you know, that's just something that's paramount for a while while you are finding your life as it should be. It's a good time to, to, to be in that place. But as you get into your 30s and certainly your 40s <clears throat> life begins to thin out if that's just how you're, you're approaching it. And so your pursuit of a fuller life becomes in, in a very strange way d- domestic constraints provide you with a freer life as you get older. You have a home, a place to gather yourself and uh, reasons for the work that you're performing uh, you know it, 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 the definition of what freedom is alters as you grow older and so the film is sort of about that about the way that that word changes as time passes by but it's also about the price you pay if you don't Grow or uh, change as that time passes by. If you don't lay down your old baggage and and sort through it and see where you've made your mistakes and where uh, you know, so the film is about because in my business it's a business of retarded, you know, adolescence. You know, uh, where you you probably. overstay your welcome and your your uh the part of your life where you're just free and running around, that it was it might be a little bit of a rougher trip for for some people who do the, the job that I do, you know. So this the film is but but the film is fundamentally about a transition that that everyone has to make. Everyone has to make it. And It's about how you make that transition, the price you pay if you don't make it, the rewards you get if and when you do. Uh, And that's what the film became about as we worked on it, it because it was in the subtext of the music. And so when I went to write a script, I searched into the songs about what are they actually saying? What are the issues they're wrestling with? And we came out with this film. Years later, when I think about
0: this movie, the image is always going to come to mind is the final shot. One of the last few shots of the hand on the steering wheel yeah. and the other hand that goes over it. It's a, such a beautiful image. That I think captures a lot of what you're trying to
2: put together. You talk about conceptualizing yeah. that ending. Well, you know, that was a shot that I, I'd found a still of it somewhere. Just online. It was just a still of a guy's hand and a woman's hand. The so... The, at some point, I said, "Well, we should, we should bookend the film. Let's just get this single hand up top, and then at the end, we'll get the two hands." And that's sort of, I mean, that's the film in a nutshell, you know. So. Um, it's your hand, right? You didn't get a model? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's actually my hand. It's the, it's the hero. It's <laughs> in, an incredible oh, we got Brad Pitt. He was, he was available. An incredible
3: performance by this hand. You
2: have got a future.
3: <laughs> uh, you mentioned the, the, what the songs are saying and putting it in a, in a, in a cinematic uh, uh, light in this movie. Uh, obviously, those are all your songs, but then at the end, you with with Stone Cowboy." Why? 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 I, I, it was amazing. I like started cheering but, like, when it happened. But I'm like, why that song?
2: Because it was celebratory. Yeah.
3: You know.
2: And I could have left the film with "Moonlight Motel" and, and then had the voiceover, but you know, the character in the film makes this journey, and, and it needed to be celebrated a little bit. And so uh, that song was celebratory. So when it comes up, it's a release for the audience. They may not know why, but that's why, you know? Uh, So that's how that song came about. And it was slightly connected to, you know, the the genre I was working in and Glen Campbell, who was an inspiration for a lot of the song stylings, you know?
0: There's, there's another uh, great project I, I've loved this past year that's out in part with a fading cowboy and a man and a lot of looking back, and that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Did
2: you see the Tarantino film, and did it resonate with some did. of the things you were dealing with? <laughs> yeah. I said, well, that's a funny little coincidence, you know? And uh, uh, I really loved That was one of my favorite pictures of the past year. Yeah. I, I really liked that picture a lot, you know? Um, it was just quite quite touching and quite lovely, so. Uh, there could be the Irishman in that That's the best picture I don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I know I know uh, yeah the Irishman was just beautiful to see that cast working together again and to see uh, you know Marty at the top of his game that was uh, those guys in their history you're never going to see that again that group of actors yeah. uh, there's never going to be a group of actors quite like that again uh and if you grew up with them as, as folks in my generation did, it was, you know, it's a powerful picture. Is there anything when you look at those guys coming back together one, one more time, is there anything that you would like to do like one more time It would be great to Together, uh, I got the band coming back together. I hope it's not just for one. More time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel we all agree. We yeah, don't want this got to got be this, one more. I though.
2: got this farm here. I'm counting on at least a couple of <laughs> more. <months. laughs>
3: <laughs> project is going to be E Street. Like, how come
0: they weren't featured
2: on, in these songs? And... Well, it, it just wasn't really E Street band music. And when people see the band, they I think they're expecting a certain type of of presentation and a certain type of music. So uh, uh, it's better when I kind of separate by genre a little bit.
0: I'm curious, do you feel connected to, like, I mean, we were talking about sort of like the shifting, sure, the the shifting way we were seeing movies. And I'm just thinking, like, pop culture in general. Do you feel connected to modern pop culture? I mean, for instance, on the music side, like, has Bruce Springsteen ever listened to K-pop? Is that, is, are you curious as a musician well,
2: to see what The, the funny thing is I, I heard a lot of pop music through my kids who were all who all had different musical tastes I mean I heard a lot of punk music and and alternative music through my son who, Evan who works in the music business and so while they were growing up I heard a lot of music that way. My daughter was a creature of top 40 mm-hmm. so I heard a lot of top 40 music through her. My son was, my youngest son was the classic rock guy. He was the guy that was interested in in uh, older music and interested in hearing my records and sussing what they were about so so I heard a lot of music through, through my kids not as much recently because they've all grown up now but my older son always, when he comes down, always brings music with him and is always playing this stuff, so, apparently. We'll take the last one.
4: Yeah, well, I think it's something everyone would want to know. I read that when you were first coming up, you kind of got called in for a couple of potential meetings with directors to maybe <laughs> act in something, and you sort of very smartly said, well, I'm not at that level yet.
2: Has that changed? Would you play a character? He's done a lot of Bruce cameos, but I don't think so. You know, it's like if, if I, the cameos were just favors to friends, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. But I always wonder about. Well, I, I haven't done any homework. I didn't do. You know, I, I'm a believer in preparation, and 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 I had years of preparation to be a musician and to and to be a writer, and. Uh, uh, so when even when I was young, I understood that when I was 25 and a couple of people were looking around to see if I had any interest in it. I said, well, you know, I, I feel like I, I just haven't done the homework or the preparation to be an actor. And uh, so I didn't have the confidence. Whereas in music, I was completely confident in, in at least what I was doing, and I liked that feeling, so I stuck with it, you know. Mm-hmm. We can go a little more if you guys want to. I appreciate it. If anybody's got I anything to, else. I'd love to ask you about the home videos, anyway you still taking uh, the home videos? I know your honeymoon was, was in it. Well, you know, once the kids go, you don't take the videos as much. You know, you take <laughs> the, we took the videos when we were very young and when the kids were young, but it's more like everybody else—you shoot them, and you throw them in a box, and you don't look at them for thirty-five years. You know, <laughs> so <clears throat> Tom's in the cataloged all my home footy, video footage and gave it to me for Christmas when I'm here, so he knew what was in all of it. I didn't know what was in any of it, but he knew what was in all of it. And one day I came in and he had pulled out some of this footage and I said, oh man, I remember that, you know, we were in Yosemite and uh, Patty and I were playing with the, you know, with the camera all the time. And uh, uh, it was just a little tiny video camera that we brought, but it ended up actually being an important scene in the picture. <laughs> so, uh, 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 but we, we haven't shot any since the kids have been gone, really, so... You know, we watched the um, the shots of each of the songs performed, and it seems seamless. Like you got it, and played it. It was it. Yeah. But then over the credits, we do see a lot of negotiation and, and do this, or maybe I'm going to try this. Well, Talk about well, the in between of putting. You know, it generally, the performances are all uh, just live and straight through, mm. and they're all from the second day of shooting when the band uh, might have been a little bit better. You know, uh, I mean, Tom will choose a cheat shot here and there, and he'll take some, oh gee, this this section looked better on the first day and he may move it in or do something like that, so, but it's all pretty, pretty straight up. That's impressive,
3: yeah. I've had something i always, like my entire life, I want to ask you this, uh, like in 84, like 85, my grandfather takes me to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game and and the pitcher throws a strike and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that great speed ball. And my grandfather's like, speed ball, where are you coming up with that? Bruce Springsteen, that's what he called. Why <laughs> speedball over basketball? I don't know, man. <laughs> speedball is a
2: term from the fifties. So I, I think it's just an old term that I heard my grandparents use at a different at different times, so in the in the context of that glory days, I thought it was funny, I guess. I
3: know. You know. Oh my life's gonna leave thank you that you. <laughs>
2: But anyway. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, really guys. The guys great. Thank you.
0: And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a
4: big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh.